Hey guys, I advocate for cheating on your girlfriend. Just kidding. Welcome to Lost in Translation, the greatest podcast in the south of Ohio. I don't even know if that's an area, but it's fine. My name is Matt Raman, formerly known as Matty Ice. That's right. We changed up the intro because we're in a new place. We're in the podcast area, which is just a little closet and it's really dirty, full of spiders. Nobody's going to believe me. Um, today I have with me a special guest from my past, my college years, a magnificent man by the name of, you can introduce yourself. Just Seth today. Yeah. Just Seth today. That's his name. That's his full name. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, the reason why I brought Seth today is because he has a very interesting background. First off, he is used to fight right underground. Uh, well, I mean, not underground. Yeah. Um, I still do. You still I, do fight. I just started getting back into it recently. Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah. Now, so first thing I want to ask you is when did you get into mixed martial arts? So, I mean, like, I always kind of did karate since I was little. I did it since I was six years old. And about, like, 12, 13, it started to really bore me. And that was when I actually saw my first UFC fight. 12, 13. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who the fighters were, but I just remember watching it. I'm like, wow. This was on the TV? This was yeah. Your dad put it on, I'm guessing? Uh, yeah, because he was just like, oh, I heard about this new stuff. Want to watch it with me? And it was just, I want to say Forrest Griffin was one of the fighters. Okay, so what UFC was this? This was like... Uh, this must have been like UFC like 92. 92, something. that's yeah. still fucking young. All right, yeah. word. It was like roughly like 2006, 2007, I want to say. So was there like a moment where you were like, holy shit, this is dope? Um, Probably during one of the fights when one of the guys just power bombed the other dude. Mm -hmm. So just double legs him, picks him up, slams him right on his head. Dude just went out. And just and passed out. Fight. And, I was and then like, you were wow. like, this is what I need to do with my life. Yeah. So how early did you get into mixed martial arts? So What's I kinda, the first thing you trained? Um, So I did Kempo since I was a little kid. And then I saw that and I was like, I think I need to move on to something different. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I started training was actually boxing. Okay. Um, Did that um for two, three months, just that. Then I started to make that transition into jujitsu and Muay Thai. So Muay Thai, do you... Style of eight points, punches, elbows, knees, and kicks, of and course. then jujitsu being the gentle touch, um, grappling, submissions, and all that great stuff. And I started to actually focus a lot on jujitsu because it was very detail oriented. It was very, um, it was much easier on the body than. Oh really? Oh yeah. At the time, at the time. Okay, because of your because of how young you were, or yes. Okay. Um, because you're not getting knocked around you're not getting punched in the head kicked in so the head. so was jujitsu your favorite out of the boxing and the muay thai at the time at the time yes okay. um and i mean i quickly got my blue belt at 16 um and i just i started competing left and right really liked it um then i had my first amateur boxing match when i was 18 which that was grueling intense training for about two months um my coach at the time she was a olympic level boxer Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. Um, she was badass. Yeah. Was she attractive? Um, nah, nah. <laughs> I, I don't like kind of um, saying that kind of stuff, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But she was, um, she was just an absolute beast. Like she was big and strong. Okay. But she was fast. So your first, like, this was your first fight yeah. that you've worked for. Okay. So now what, which one of your, the schools of martial arts helped you the most in winning? Cause I know for a fact your boxing is, you know, <laughs> pretty intense um so i mean in the mma setting it kind of um depends mm -hmm. um each school of thought brings something different to the to the arena yeah so and this is something you're starting to see much more recently is that you'll find fighters are much more well-rounded individuals 
they don't necessarily focus on one thing. They do everything just well enough because if they slack in a certain area, they're done for. There's very, very, very few one-dimensional yeah, fighters. Yeah, that now. was in the beginning of UFC. There was one-dimensional fighters. Yeah. As, uh, mainly jiu-jitsu, I'm guessing, right? Um, Yeah, like you have like the Hoist Gracies back yeah. in the day who... Just railed everybody. Yeah, and they like they would train only jiu-jitsu, but like it wasn't when they came into the UFC, they really weren't just pure jiu-jitsu fighters. Like before the UFC, before mixed martial arts was a thing mm-hmm. in the US, they were doing that for like 20, 30 plus years in Brazil. Mm-hmm. because they had those underground like like you said earlier they have those underground, underground fights yeah. okay and they took that experience into the ufc so let me get this straight um could you just explain to me the like going up to your first fight the training mm-hmm. and we'll start there start with your training mm-hmm. how was that like what was your uh, ideology were you terrified were you excited so and i can kind of give you two th- schools of thought on this 18 mm-hmm. year old me versus me now okay. um so 18 year old me it was very nervous because and this is kind of one of the other reasons why i wanted to get into mixed martial arts was i was a kid who had a lot of low self-esteem um had a very hard time finding that group throughout all of middle school high school and then i kind of found this and it gave me like that confidence i was looking for mm-hmm. so kind of going into my first fight the mentality was a lot weaker i want to say it was much harder for me to get into a mindset where it was like i'm ready to do this it's oh god like i have to fight someone i've never done this before in a ring Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the mental aspect but eventually the mental aspect became i can't show weakness to the guy because if and if you see him fights it's a mental game oh it's all mental Mm -hmm. like you look at fighters like muhammad ali and mike tyson it's a mental game to them yeah shit talking is an art form yeah it is it is i'm not i'm not good at it (laughs) i shut i shut that shit out because Mm -hmm. i'm just that guy if i say something they already got me i'm more so that guy where it's like i'm just keeping this stuff to myself and now i'm looking at it as i'm have a job i'm going in there i'm finishing the job Mm -hmm. so as when i was 18 being that younger kid didn't really have the confidence it took a lot of mental building like my coach who fought in the olympics she had that mental game down on pack yeah she she was aware of like full like real competition yeah the real pressure she like trained with like floyd mayweather and all of them wow yeah like she was trained with the money team and everything like that and she had that mental game she knew how to get into that mindset she knew how to get a person into that mindset and she was competitive she's like i don't want any of my guys losing because that's a loss on me okay so none of you guys are gonna lose. now now um the look at fight day comes comes around what did you feel that like on your way to like waiting waiting for your name to get called out what Um, happened every single fighter gets that nervousness before it doesn't matter who you are what level you fight at every single guy is a little bit nervous before they go in that ring because you're doing something that 99.9 percent of the human population want to go do you're getting in a ring against someone who is just as trained as you mm-hmm. who wants to take your head off they're literally going in there if they and their thought mentality is literally if i have to i'll kill this guy to win absolutely so you have a little bit of that anxiety and mm-hmm. that happens to me still but about four or five minutes before the match when i start to get my warm-ups going when the adrenaline starts to pump i start to get a little bit more confident a little bit more comfortable and then it's just about a minute beforehand. I'll just turn to my coach and I'll be like, I got this. Hey, you're ready. Yeah. Okay. So while the fight's happening, you completely, all that anxiety is out the window. It's just yeah. focusing on the yeah. fight on, on hand. It's like a laser like focus. Okay. 
Now, afterwards, did you win that first fight? So, yeah, first fight, I... Damn. 29-28, uh, unanimous decision. Uh, so, first fight, I actually broke my nose in the second round. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like, you'll... Lo- like, it's actually on YouTube right now if you guys want to watch later. But it's uh, the guy I fought, he was, like, privately trained for, like, the last three or four years. I went to a gym with just my coach and my training partners mm-hmm. at the time. And so, he had, like, a lot of one-on-one time. He had someone pushing him throughout, whereas my coach, he, she was training three or four other people for this card. So she like her attention wasn't on me. So it was a lot of self-driving mm-hmm. during the fight. Um, it was an adrenaline spike because uh, first round you just instantly and it's your first fight, too. So you're just instantly like I'm going in and I'm smashing this dude as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have an adrenaline dump? Um, second round I did. And that's why I broke my nose um because my hands started to come down they started to come low Mm -hmm. and the dude just started repeatedly tagging me in the nose and i mean like i kind of like fucked up my nose like two weeks beforehand from sparring i'm guessing yeah okay yeah and it was already kind of a little wobbly so second round he just cracks me a hard cross straight in and i heard the crack in there no way yeah did you freak out I mean, I had a minute left, so I wasn't going to show him that stuff, but I just started <laughs> bleeding profusely. Like, I had, like, a white tank top I was wearing during my match. The whole thing was red by the end of the second round. I probably freaked the other guy out. Yeah. I, I would also, like, it's like seeing someone with, like, blood all over their chest, and they're like, all right, dude, like, I'm ready. It's like, I yeah. would pass out if I saw my own blood. And, <laughs> like, dude, no, it just amped me up. I was just like, no, I'm not going to do this. But yeah. by the end of the second round, he actually punched me in the nuts. Oh, isn't that uh it was illegal and I dropped and they thought that he dropped me. Mm -hmm. So like they thought like he TKO'd me and he was everybody was like cheering and like my um one of my coaches was just yelling from the corner like he got punched in the balls. They eight counted me. I'm like, dude, I don't got time for this. Yeah. So I just kind of waited out the last 30 seconds of the round, just kind of like playing defensively, Mm -hmm. hoping my balls would recover. There you go. Um, so third round kind of comes around. And he starts to tire down too. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the moment where I just took dead center of the ring and I didn't let him get. You railed him. Yeah. I didn't let him get anywhere near the center because mm-hmm. I took control of the center. He stayed on the outside. I would clinch, throw inner punch, uh, punches on the inside, throw some uppercuts. And then uh, by the end of the third round, uh, I actually thought it was a tie because they initially raised both of our hands. And I was like, what? And then it was just kind of them saying like. That was both. a great fight. Yeah. yeah. And then they just rose my hand. I was like, wow. All right. Okay, so how did that feel? How did winning feel? Uh, one of the best feelings in the world. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like when you work hard at something for 8 to 12 weeks, um, which is usually how long these training camps take, it's a lot of grueling training. You're getting hit by guys who – I was sparring people because my coach wanted to make sure I was ready for that weight class because I was 165 at the time, and the guy I fought was 178. Oh, geez. Yeah. So she brought in guys that walked around 200 pounds. Oh, no. And she's like, you're going to fight these guys. And were they taller than you? Well, you're a pretty tall guy. How tall are you? Uh, I'm like 6'1". Okay. You seem taller. It was weird. But whatever. So these guys who were 200 pounds, were they just as tall as you? Um, Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they threw a punch, it would like launch me clean across like the ring. Yeah, like they have real power and stuff. Yeah. Like it's like it's like dangerous power. Like if they cracked a normal person who didn't know how to take a punch, they would pass out. No, they might kill them. <laughs> they might actually kill them. That's insane. Yeah. Okay, so greatest feeling in the world, and then you realize that like this is something that you want to do. Um, obviously, you went to college, mm-hmm. and that probably put a wrench in your. It did. 
Um, and that's that's on me uh, because, as you know, college just you get a lot of things to distract you. Absolutely, um, you get a lot of things that kind of get in the way. Like alcohol is one. Yeah, we're all we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Women is the other thing. Yeah, it also gets in the way. Super distracting. Yes, absolutely. Distracting. That's why I got a girlfriend so I can achieve my dreams. Yeah, without having to worrying about getting laid. So, and I mean, like, kind of what started to happen to me in college was I just started to focus on my performance. Okay. Um, and I mean, I did get better with that. I was training with a guy who's now fighting professionally in MMA. He's five and zero. He's ranked one of the best grapplers in the world. Like, you know, uh, who's Mar Paul Harris is? No. So, my coach who walks around about well, my coach at the time usually walked around one fifty five. Who's Mar Paul Harris? Who's a UFC fighter known for his heel hooks mm-hmm. that walked around two twenty. Wow. And my coach at the time, uh, Gary Tonin, he actually grappled him in a match, in a submission-only match, meaning the match would end. If you submit. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's some for some reason it ended in a draw, but he literally went up 50 pounds. 50 just, pounds. To, just to get this guy. Yeah. Well, um, do you know anything about Dylan Tannis? Because uh, he's from Parsippany, which is really yeah. close to me, and I actually have friends who know him. I've never trained with Dylan. I've trained with people like, you know, Ricardo Almeida? I don't, I don't know anything, Seth. I just know people. <laughs> you just know the big names. Yeah, right? yeah, I know big names, man. That's what I'm, I'm here to act like I know things. Not actually. <laughs> but go on, go on. But, um, but I, I've never trained with Dylan. Um, I don't really know much about him or like how he trains or who yeah. he's the person. He, I, I know he trains with Conor McGregor mm-hmm. and he's one of the big people in camp and that whole thing happened with like him and Khabib. Um, Get closer. Um, but, um, but I mean, yeah, like I, I've never really trained with Dylan. I don't really know much about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just know that he fought on Bellator. It's just crazy. Cause it's like mm-hmm. these people who are so close to you, they always say that there's like two degrees or like three degrees between you and someone who's successful. And it's like insane that like, mm-hmm. um, I'm just saying it's like, dude, you could be the next Dylan Dennis for all we know. Are you so now can you tell me about what, uh, what you're doing to, uh, right now you're fighting again. So, so what are you doing right now, Ted? I've kind of started ha- like so. The next big thing that actually started stopping me from doing this was that I caught the injury bug, dislocated knee, bad. Back. Oh, I remember that. I remember. I that. had a herniated. I still have a herniated disc there. Um. So that prevented me from kind of doing jujitsu because I'll get into certain complex positions, and my back will pop out. And then you're just like you're out. Yeah. So, I actually am now just doing Muay Thai. And I'm training at this gym called Weapons 9 Muay Thai. Um, fantastic gym. Everybody there is just like family and the coaches. He's so well known. Like he's on the World Boxing Council. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like he is a very big advocate for fighting. And he's known like throughout the world. So like, people know him from Thailand where Muay Thai originated. So, I mean, I absolutely love it. Um, it's a lot more fun than boxing. Cause yeah. It's like I can kick someone, elbow them. Need them. Do you guys make a lot of noises? I think Muay Thai. Yeah, like we do that anytime like someone lands a major strike um in Muay Thai, you always kind of say that just in like respect. And when I went to Thailand to actually watch some professional level fights, mm-hmm. like that was something that would always happen every like two or three seconds. They would just go, Oi. Yeah. Dude, I think Muay Thai is the coolest form of fighting, in my opinion. Yeah. I have it- to agree with you. It's like like grappling and all that stuff. That's cool, you know. It's like wrestling or like way better, way cooler version of wrestling and <laughs> choking people out is always cool. 
But Muay Thai, just the way that it's like, it's like uh, those anime characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're Gokuing that shit. Yeah, right yeah, there. yeah. Right there, dude. That and it's just I always loved like the art form. Everybody talks about like martial arts. It's it's an art, mm-hmm. and it's like Muay Thai. It literally looks like an art. And I've seen uh, there was the there's like a Muay Thai god, right? Like in Thailand, he's like ripped out of his mind. I remember this guy who was tan. Bukha? Probably. Uh, so there's two major guys that always come to mind whenever someone's like, oh, this is the greatest fighter of all time. Bukau is one of them, but the guy who I think is the greatest of all time is Sanchai. Have you ever heard of him? Seen any of his fights? No. Pound for pound, one of the greatest fighters, period, of all time. Like, I put him in the ranks of the Mike Tysons of the world. Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Um, George St. Pierre is the Anderson Silvas of the world. Mm-hmm. If you watch him fight, it's just he does stuff the other guy can't keep up with. Yeah. He'll fake you out. He'll switch up a kick. He'll do some weird thing that you just end up unconscious. <laughs> and I, I I can't really base my style off of that, but it's just I have such a deep appreciation for that. Yeah, that's like uh, Anthony Pettis. Mm-hmm. When I watch him fight, he'll do like fucking cartwheels and shit mm-hmm. in the middle of the fight. And I'm just like, dude, how do you have the balls? That, that's that Taekwondo background. Is that That's what it yeah. is. So he like hybridized Muay Thai and Taekwondo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that way he kind of has like, you, like, you know, like the Showtime kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he jumped off the cage and then just kicked the dude in the face. And then he passed, yeah. Yeah. He, that's a combination of capoeira, Muay Thai, and Taekwondo. So he kind of merges all of these styles together. Yeah, yeah these guys are literally like, like, literally like, uh, movie, movie, like, uh, martial artists, like Jackie Chan, like Bruce this Lee. shit. Bruce Lee, there you go. Bruce yeah. Lee. Did you see the new, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie? I have not. They make Bruce Lee look like a bitch, dude. I, I, know, I know. I heard. It was a very controversial thing with his family, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, his yeah. sister was like, yo, this is not cool yeah, at like all. His daughter, especially, was one of the biggest people yeah. where they were, he was, they were like, you can't do this to Bruce Lee, especially in his memory. Yeah. And there was actually some people that came out in defense of Quentin Tarantino. They were, he said, well, it's my movie. I can kind of describe him how I think. Yeah. And it's a ridiculous movie. Like, yeah. if you see the movie, it's, there, nothing is, it's based around, I don't want to give, spo- spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it yet, Whatever, my bad. But the whole movie is a joke. It's yeah. like nothing is uh, realistic to like history or anything that happened. But yeah, so I mean, like that's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, yeah, of course, it's phenomenal. I loved it. God bless Tarantino <laughs> for making me so happy. Um, so you now you're training for a fight right now? Is they? So I actually have a date, November sixteenth. Oh shit! It's four days after my birthday. Put that on the clock. Oh, oh wow! So then I'll have to wish you a happy birthday. Yeah. yeah i'll wish you a happy winning hopefully <laughs> happy victory um so what's uh what are you fighting at what, what weight class so i'm gonna try to go 165 um that's a really th- dude, that's you're fucking is that are you gonna be thin so i would usually so in college when we were together mm-hmm. you saw me probably at like 200 pounds of just fat flab just toxicity of just junk food yeah i'm now down to and i walk around like roughly 180 that's, that's good. Yeah. So my goal is to get down to 165, which shouldn't be that bad of a weight cut because what I try to do is I now that I have two or three months to kind of train and diet, I try to start to cut carbs out of my diet, mostly focus on like proteins, uh, healthy fats. Yeah. And then try to focus on mostly eating veggies. Yeah. For Cancun, yeah. I remember I, I did a uh, Atkins diet or whatever you want to call it, the keto diet. And I, I lost a lot. Like, it was 10 days of me, me and Dan Park. Dan Park was, like, <laughs> helping me out. It was torture, dude. I don't know how you're doing it. It's 
Carbs are God's gift to mankind. Yeah, I did keto for three months. Jesus three, Christ. Months. That's I, that's why I dropped like 20 pounds two the first, months yeah. after college. That's insane. Yeah, and it was like I was full training again. Like I train four times a week. I run a 5K like almost every single day except for one day a week. And then I lift weights every single day. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so like to, to tell you how I'm kind of doing the training now. So I do, just to give you an idea of how my day works, Um, I do about an hour of lifting in the morning. Okay. Um, and pretty much I try to do full body. Um, I try not to push the body too much cause that's what I try to reserve for Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. Sit in the sauna for 20 minutes, just sweat out all that toxicity. Um, anything that's bad in my system just goes out. Mm-hmm. Um, try to stick to, I don't want to say keto. Um, but I try to do a keto like diet where I'm starting to cut out the carbs, the sugar, yeah, um, protein and veggies, yeah. proteins, veggies, anything like that. Then I work for like eight hours a day. Go to workout. So then after that, I run a 5K. Wow. Then I train for an hour and a half of just straight Muay Thai. And then I do about an hour of pad work, heavy bag work, and just kicks and perfecting my technique. So I'm working out roughly like, I want to say like three, four hours a day. Jesus Christ. And you're working too on top of that. Yeah. So you're uh, in the morning, you do your 5K runs? Yeah. Uh, No, I do it right before I train. Right before you train? Yeah. Jesus Christ. So you're, everything's happening, I'm guessing, around uh, 5, 6 o'clock? Yeah. That, that's roughly around the time. Okay. So four hours of training every day. So definitely you're in the best shape of your life, getting yeah. to it at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like uh, when I had my fight in Muay Thai last year, I actually, I was doing that all, because it was like a smoker. So do you know what a smoker is? No. No idea. So <laughs> in MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, and boxing, they have sanctioned fights. Okay. Which are like amateur semi-pro and pro level mm-hmm. um and then you have smokers which are not sanctioned um you kind of just go to a gym and just fight some random person in that gym that they kind of set you up against which kind of makes it a little bit more anxiety because you don't know who you're going up against yeah, you like, have no least, idea at least if you're an amateur they try to set you up with with someone roughly who has in your experience. range okay yeah. they can literally just have a guy who's like 12 and 1 getting ready for his fight in four weeks and they're like oh to get you in that mentality we're gonna set you up against this guy are you wearing gear hopefully for this yeah. so okay. like we wear like shin pads headgear gloves we can't elbow mm-hmm. in smokers because like an elbow just like fucks a person up exactly um an amateur level muay thai you can't elbow either um and after three fights they take away the headgear which i prefer because the headgear kind of gets in the way so like you'll notice like the peripherals when you wear the headgear yeah completely cuts out your vision oh like this has nothing to do with like well in in terms of peripherals we went uh, (laughs) go-karting and uh i just remember i put on the fucking mask thing they try to make you look cool like you're Uh a racer i remember i was like dude first of all i can't breathe (laughs) and second of all i can't see where the fuck i'm going so we ended up just like opening like the Mm -hmm. uh the The mask as much as yeah we just like opened the visor we i put as much like vision for me as possible but yeah, no, imagine fighting in that yeah. and like imagine worrying about kicks and stuff and not being not even being able to see them. Yeah. And that's the that is the strike that will injure the person the most. Kicks. Oh, uh, well, no, just the strike you don't see coming. Oh, okay. So if you watch some of the best fighters in the world, it, they'll be going hard at each other and they won't be dropping. Mm-hmm. And that's because they see the attack coming. They're preparing themselves for it. But yeah. every once in a while you'll see like that little Anderson like Anderson Silva strike where the other guy doesn't see it coming. It looks like he's just pawing him in the face and the guy just goes down and is not getting yeah yeah they always say it's like the 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 hit that you don't see coming is the worst one Mm -hmm. all right well thank you for talking about your mma lifestyle let's 
transition to something way more le- less about violence, more about helping people out is you have a huge, a huge heart, Mr. Seth. You are a person who loves doing things for nonprofits, doing things for the kids. You were a captain, right? In um, dance ro- yeah, dance marathon. Um, so I mean, like in dance marathon, <laughs> um, I was both a captain and an assistant director. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much when I was a captain, I would work very closely with the families. I would go and visit them in the hospitals and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, assistant director was a little bit more behind the scenes stuff. It was mostly organizing the event, um, making sure everybody in the right places i was on the hr team for assistant director mm-hmm. so mine was my job specifically was staffing making okay, sure so everybody was there doing what they're supposed to be doing yep. and they're on time and okay yeah yeah and you're a great person for that you're very personable all that good stuff um so what like i'm i'm gonna be honest with you i have such a mentality for like i'm worried about myself and selfishness and this is because my family is all about themselves even my brother not to, you know, shit on my own brother, but he's very, you know, he's focused on his own life, becoming successful in his own career, which is working. He's bloodthirsty for money. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to know, how do, why do you like to do the, like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, as <laughs> fucked up as it sounds, it's like, I love charity. Like, I, I love the idea of charity, but it's like, every time I'm doing it, I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck, I could be make, making money somewhere. Like, I'm very selfish. And I want to know, why are you the selfless person you are? I think it would have something to kind of do with how I was raised. Um, and kind of going back to the self-esteem thing I was kind of talking about, I was kind of very vain growing up as, like, a kid, mm-hmm. a child. Like, some people who have, like, yeah, have brothers. brothers and sisters. Yeah. Um, I always kind of wondered, like, why did no one sometimes give a hand to me? Like, kind of just reach that hand out and try to... And, like, them. support you and stuff. I totally see that, because... Because, um, like, my parents, like, my parents, like, loved them to death, but they weren't really around when I was a kid, because they were both working full-time yeah supporting the family yeah yeah so i mean like i think at the core that's what it is so you were just trying to increase your family like the idea of a family a community and then you wanted to be a part of this yeah and to be like there for the person that didn't have anyone there yeah see i i i think the reason and i say i'm selfish but um i did grow up around a, a huge family like my family from iran they it's a cult my family my mom's side of the family it's a cult there's four sisters. One of them is my mom and they all hang out. And then every, we're always eating dinner at someone's house. And that's what I grew up around. So that's why I went, like I got into a fraternity because the whole idea of like, this is our cult. This is <laughs> ours. You know what I mean? It's our cult. Yeah. Everybody's like, welcome to join it. Yeah. You know, and people like, I would treat people like shit unless they joined our cult. And I was like, oh, okay, you're part of the cool kids. And, I, and people like that. And I, I even told that like, um, when I was a new member educator, we're like, the the kids that I had to like uh you know uh raise for the fraternity I like to say raising they were your my father yeah they were my children but I would literally tell them I'm like listen it's about us not not about anybody else not your friends back home like mm-hmm. they're great you know they'll help you out but like this is something you're going through your your pledge class and all that stuff these are your fucking brothers mm-hmm. and I love that brotherhood mentality but when it comes to like charity mm-hmm. I'm just like these people like. Um, you're definitely not the kind of person who does it to be like, oh yeah, I help people out, like to say that you're a good person. Mm-hmm. You automatically do it. You think about these kids. Mm-hmm. You're the type of candidate that we should have more of in like nonprofit organizations. But I also know like you know some chicks and stuff that are just like, oh yeah, like I love helping kids and like I just need to take the pictures at this event. exactly. Sure the kids in the picture. Yeah, oh, those people drive me nuts. Yeah, the fucking the Instagram. Yeah. 
charity cases. I, I have one picture of me. So I was also the RU for Kids liaison. Like, yeah. You probably saw that where I was working with like Georgie. And, um, Costa, yeah. Yeah. The, shout out. Yeah. Shout out to both of them. Um, I would work with them very closely. I have one picture with them on my social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And I still keep in touch with them. They're actually back in New Jersey. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm the liaison again. Yeah, now. of course. Of course yeah. you are. So, I mean, like, I, I'm trying to see them at least, like, once a month now yeah. um, just to make sure they're all right. Because the one's 17. Oh, shit. He's gotten old. Yeah. Dude, he's, like, talking about applying to school and stuff. He's talking about, like, going to colleges. And hey, I'm like, do you, dude? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Honorable members. Rutgers, yeah, like, I told him, like, straight up, like, go there. Because um, they're, like, technically our brothers. Yeah, they, they are. They're honorary brothers. Like, yeah. they were given letters. They're, like, recognized by, like. Yeah, so why not, dude? Why not just yeah. kind of. But I mean, like, I don't know what he plans on doing. Um, he's just got because he wants to be an actor. He does. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, going dude. to school. Like he's majoring in like um acting, and then with a minor in law. Of course. Yeah, because you like the backup. It's literally me. <laughs> <laughs> Good to go, dude. God bless him. Yeah. But um, but yeah, dude. So I also want to talk about. Uh, I brought up the fact that there's some people who. You know, did you see people who are like just in it just for like a resume builder or? I mean, I feel like you can say that about anything. Anything mm-hmm. you're doing, you can say that there are people who are doing it for resume builder. I can say that I have seen people do that. I have met many people that do it for the right reason. Mm-hmm. I can see those people who kind of only do it for their social media. And then I can kind of see other people that do it for um, other, to meet other people, which is also a good thing. Yeah. Like if you're doing a good thing to meet other people, like that's fine. Like I, I still volunteer my time, like, once a month every sun uh on a sunday here and there so i can like help feed the homeless in philly okay um there are people who there's a lot of people who do it for the right reason there's a lot of people who do it for the wrong that's just with anything yeah but at the end of the day yeah something good's coming out of it yeah Yeah. they're raising money to help kids who suffer from cancer sickle cell and any other type of disability okay that's good all right there you go now you know where good people come from (laughs) um all right moving moving forward you actually have something very interesting, and I love artists, and the fact that you brought this up to me is that you have a comic book mm-hmm. that you're working on, which I had no idea. I wish yeah. you told me yeah. uh, way sooner, because I would be very interested. I actually wrote a comic book when I was in, like, fourth really? grade. In fourth grade. Well, it was, was it, like, Captain Underpants comic book? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, literally. It was, like, um, I watched, I, I loved Captain Underpants, and I made a little com- a comic book. I brought it to school. And I'm not going to lie, the kids that thought it was really cool weren't the kids that I wanted to impress. <laughs> so oh. I was like, oh, I'm going to stop doing this. <laughs> we in the wrong crowd. <laughs> yeah. See, we're real here. You know, it's fine. Yeah, of course. But um, yeah. So what's the information that you can give to me about this? Because I know it's in the, a work in the progress. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it, it's something that I started with my one friend that I actually trained with um, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an artist who started drawing all these different characters and he was looking for a writer. So he started telling me about like what he kind of wanted the character to be. And I started giving him some ideas he didn't think about. Okay. And he was kind of like, wait, I like these ideas. Next week later, I gave him a couple more ideas and he's like, you want to be my writer? I was like, uh, I mean, I've never, I've never been much of a writer. Like, I took Xbox in like college. I got like yeah. a C plus. Oh, everybody got a C plus yeah. in Xbox. Yeah. Nobody got a fucking B. But I was like, I've... except for Mike, because because yeah. Mike's mom. But, <laughs> <laughs> I did use those connections. Anything to help you get that better grade. But um, 
but I was like, I wasn't really much of a writer, but I'll take a crack at this. So like the things that I can tell you about it, it's, um, do you know characters like the Punisher and Spawn? I know the pun. I've seen Spawn the movie. Terrible movie. Yeah, I was Don't gonna go say it. The comic so much better. Was, so much. I was better. gonna say Spawn the movie. I I think me and Hyan watched it as a joke, and then I was just like, "What the fuck?" Like <laughs> yeah. the graphics are from like the 1940s. Yeah, dude, it was it was a bad movie. I yeah. lo- I love the character, but the, that movie did zero justice. Mm-hmm. For the him. Punisher also I've watched the movies, and I'm aware of what he. I also saw the Netflix originals. Yeah. So. What I can, it's kind of directly inspired from them. Mm-hmm. Um, the character takes a lot of Eastern influence. Okay. So like Buddhism and Hinduism. Oh, like Eastern of the world. Yes. I thought you meant Eastern American, but no, no, no. no. So it's going to be very, very influenced by a lot of the ideals, a lot of the, um, a lot of the values. Is that. is like Eastern culture something you really look into, like yourself? Um, I mean, like. Because Buddhists are dope. Yes. I actually have deep respect for Buddhism and Buddhist monks. Um, I really enjoy their um, a lot of their philosophies. Because mm-hmm. every single thing that they say... Have you ever heard, read anything the Dalai Lama has ever said? Um, No. So, <laughs> in their religion, Absolutely. they'll have some things that are kind of against mainstream culture. So, okay. Well, just as an example, one of the things is he says, I don't believe that a man or a woman... Or a man and a man should ever lay together. Okay. So no so, gays. I disagree with that. But at the end of every single sentence he says, which is something different from all the other major philosophies in the world, is he says, but because of that difference, I will not take violence against someone. Every single thing that could be considered counter-mainstream or someone else can hold a different belief in, he always makes sure he adds that at the end. I will not bring harm to that person, and I will not force my views on that individual. Okay, so there is basically a respect everybody's beliefs at the end of the day. Yeah, dude. I mean, like most religions, it's like people who are religious. Um, it's gr- they're great people. Like real religious people are generally nice people, and oh, it's yeah. because the underlying values of any like Christianity, um, Islam, uh, just Ju- respect Judaism. your neighbor. Yeah, respect your neighbor. Be friendly. Love love everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, some people take it too far. Like you know, not eating shrimp. It's shrimp apparently, right? Eating shrimp yeah. is like a bad that's thing. That's in Christianity. Yeah, that's insane. I love yeah. shrimp. Yeah. See, I, I always love shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> that was something written in like um like. 2 AD, so it's like it might not apply to us now. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the Islam one is like pork, and the yeah. reason is is because like it just wasn't sanitary. Mm-hmm. Not because um. Well, you know who knows? God knows what happened back then. But people are surmising that like, oh yeah, probably because back then if you ate pork, you probably were gonna get sick. Yeah. Because you didn't have the tools to like clean it, and and pork is fucking awesome. Let's face it, dude. Bacon. Oh yeah. Know. If I get to have a cheat meal, it's gonna be bacon. Of course. <laughs> I mean, well, with your diet, of course, I think bacon is probably a big part of your, unless you don't eat bacon. So either. I have turkey bacon instead. I have turkey bacon too. Yeah. yeah in the morning. Bacon is a lot healthier for you. It's a lot leaner meat. Mm-hmm. I mean, like bacon is awesome. Yeah. Um, God bless bacon. Yeah, Shout God, out to bacon. God bless bacon. Um, but I, it's just something cleaner, something that goes through the system a lot easier, mm-hmm. a lot more protein, a lot less fat. Because that's kind of what I have. But back to the comic yeah, book Yeah, that's what character. I was going to say is back to the comic book. Yeah, Go on. back to the comic book character. So it's a lot of Eastern influence. Um. I'm kind of seeing it as a redemption arc. And he um he is going to be named after um a deity in one of the major religions like Hinduism and Buddhism, but in a respectful manner. So it's gonna be a lot of a lot of spirituality to it, and I'm kind of seeing a very big redemptive arc. I mean, that's a trend that I see in a lot of like uh characters that are uh that become popular. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of uh 
philosophies that are not stolen, but they are inspired by like biblical or like mm-hmm. um, biblical or anything theological because they do like Greek gods and stuff. People love mm-hmm. Greek gods and every Greek God represents um, like something like Aphrodite's Mike, you know something about that, right? Um, by the way, shout out to Mike. He's my producer for today. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, I'm glad that you're doing it. Dude, I love it when people are being creative and like, I don't give a shit about your job. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 love that. I want you to make as much money as possible, but I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, it was, it's something I wish I did sooner because it's like, that's yeah. the thing, dude, is you always feel like all these people that are, um, like all you see is famous people who, whose parents got them to start like some doing something creative very young Yeah, or they were confident enough when they were younger to be like, this is what I want to do with my life. And it's so easy to just to like say that you'll do it and actually doing it is really difficult. Mm-hmm. But dude, I'm telling you, like that's one of the biggest um, hurdles in my life is I always feel like I'm like, fuck, I'm too old yeah. to start doing this now, but you're no. not no. like uh, my therapist tells me all the time I go to therapy cause God bless America and psychiatry. Yeah. But, um, he tells me, I always tell him, I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm too fucking old. I got to get my life together. And he's like, dude, you have all the time in the world, yo. Yeah. You don't even know it. Dude, it's, it's something that, like, I really noticed recently, having recently graduated college and gone into the real world. It's, mm-hmm. it's nuts how much pressure they put on us. Oh, dude, it's nuts how our peers put pressure on us. Yeah. Like, and every single person's like, you need to have a job after college. Mm-hmm. You need to be making 45K a year. Yeah. Because that's the average. If mm-hmm. you're not making that, you're not doing well. Yeah. Stay at this desk, do this job for eight hours, go home, sleep, wake up, repeat. Yeah. Maybe see your friends every once in a while on the weekend, but it's, it, it's like soul draining. Yeah. hundred percent. Dude, my buddy, uh, Nick, that I always talk about, he graduated with a 4.0, mm-hmm. decided to take a part-time job at, um, Johnson and Johnson as like a marketing associate. Mm-hmm. He actually recently got promoted. Shout out to Nick. <laughs> but in his free time, he loves, he loves writing. He wants to be, um a director hopefully one day and uh he sent in his script to like one of these uh festival writing festival things and he got back like usually people get like sixes or like a 6.5 if you're like good if you like know how to write in general he got an 8.5 which is extremely impressive and he has to go through a second round of uh of like judging on his like script so and now stuff. is it just like creative writing or it's scripts like oh, okay. straight up like he has a feature it's about i don't want to i don't know if i should give out what the probably not yeah nick the, nick's a very private person he probably is going to hate me for putting this out there but like yeah he did something phenomenal like he put his time to it and he's doing something phenomenal and he's taking it at his, at his own pace and that's something i've always been jealous of him for it's like he doesn't he's like I, i'm going at my own pace mm-hmm. and he's getting shit done and i think that's what we all need to do yeah and dude i'm fucking this podcast and everything is the whole the end goal is to get all of my friends like, I want our friends to be a part of the fucking network. Mm-hmm. I want us to be the people making oodles of money and praying on the week. You know what I mean? <laughs> as fucked up as that sounds. But you want people, like, yeah. you want your friend groups. You yeah. know, like, like you were kind of saying about the whole cult thing and the yeah. brotherhood thing. It's a cult. Yeah. yeah. I want my cult to be number one. I don't want, fuck the other cults. You <laughs> Screw I mean? Scientology. Yeah. And the best thing to do is, like, I always support, like, when you asked me to come to the podcast, I was like, 100%, dude. Like, yeah. if, you're, if you want to do it. I'm not going to get in the way of any of my friends, anybody who wants to do this podcast, they, they'll definitely be able to do it. And um, I want everyone that I know to succeed and just everyone that I know, because mm-hmm. that makes me feel special. Yeah. I think I, they deserve it. But um, all right, we have to get to the next segment. 
which is uh do you, is there anything else you want to talk about your comic thing um, shout out to your boy um i i mean i think he would also kind of like to keep his name on um, the dl yeah yeah all right word yeah, um, but I'm, I'm excited to write it and i think we got a great idea okay so uh we have uh celebrity crushes which is what i'm calling it but reality is just people that you admire but at the same time you fucking hate their guts for being so talented and you brought up somebody that I also really agree with. You feel about. the exact same way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, go on. Tell us. So the individual would be John Jones. Um, just because I, I have to admit, he's so damn talented. Dude, he's, first of all, one of the heaviest weight classes is what he competes in. Yeah. And he's the greatest. Yeah. And he can kill anybody on the planet with his fists if it's yeah. just a fist fight. Or even his elbows. Yeah, his, elbows his elbows are devastating. Dude, I'll watch him fight. And then he'll do some shit where I was like, oh, I like you know how like you'll watch fights and you're like, oh, I could I could have seen that coming. Yeah, I watched John Jones and I'm like, I didn't know he could 360 before I could blink. Like, <laughs> dude's insane. I love his like uh spinning uh spinning back elbow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Class the classic Muay Thai move right there. Oh, really? It's like yeah. one of the big Oh yeah, that's that's something very common knockout in uh Thailand. That was when I went to go see the professional level fights, someone knocked someone out for 15 minutes straight, spinning back elbow. Jesus Christ. But um, but yeah, I, I can honestly say like as a fighter, one of the most talented fighters on this mm -hmm. planet. How did he start out again? He I think he went to like I, he was wrestling when he was a kid. I think I, I don't really know much about like his childhood. I do know he went to community college and he qualified for like um states or nationals in um wrestling. I'm guessing. Yeah, in wrestling. And it was like a Greco Roman style wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then he actually dropped out of community. And because he realized how talented he was. And then I think he went to go find Greg Jackson, who do you know who Greg Jackson is? No idea. Greg Jackson's like one of the most acclaimed MMA trainers in the world. He oh, trains yeah. people like George St. Pierre, Carlos Condit, um, Melvin Gillard, all probably a bunch of names other than George St. Pierre. You don't really yeah, know. Yeah. But he um, he took John under his wing and just started training him, realizing just the talent. And I think he got a break to fight someone pretty big named in his first fight in the UFC. And then Dana White just realized like this kid's only like 20. Yeah. He's only 20 and he's competing with the best in the world. And it's like, I, I don't want to say like the bash is talent at all, but it's that reach. That's that seven foot reach yeah, for six foot four man. Yeah. Every, he's in another zip code when he's punching you in the face, dude. Like, every time you see him, uh, like they'll pull up like the fighter cards and then you just see the reach and mm -hmm. the difference in reach, even with like uh, Tiago, Santos, I think, mm -hmm. is who he fought most recently. Also, holy he shit. He almost lost that yeah, fight. Yeah, I know. I was like... Dude, I think Tiago Santos could have won that fight yeah, if, he, if didn't, he didn't tear his ACL, MC, everything in his yeah, name. Yeah, I even saw that happen. I was I was rooting for John Jones. I was like, thank God. I was like, yeah, <laughs> thank God he fucked his knee up. Otherwise, but... um, But I actually... So, going on off of that note, I actually think I know the man who's going to beat John Jones. Okay. So... People who are going to bet, listen so, up. Uh, yeah, so... Have you ever heard of the fighter Johnny Walker? No, but I do know a Johnny Walker. <laughs> yeah, he's everybody's best friends for those Saturday nights when you're just trying to drink with the boys. But um, mm -hmm. so this Johnny Walker is a fighter. Um, he's six foot six, eighty three inch reach, and fights at two oh five. Jesus. And his UFC, uh, and he's only twenty six years old. Super young. Super young. Fights like John Jones in his UFC career so far. Only one fight didn't end in the first round via knockout. Really? Yeah. That's how much like knockout power he has bound his punches? Yeah. 
Is he a boxer? No, he's in everything. Muay Thai, everything, huh? Yeah. He, he's from Brazil, has that jiu-jitsu base. And his name is Johnny Walker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, and I think if he eventually gets the title fight, I think he'll beat him because he's the only person built exactly like John. Jesus Christ. Um. So John Jones also, fun fact, is both of his brothers who were like older than him are. Yeah, they're in the uh, NFL. Yeah. So he's got the g- genetics for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I always—it's always like an interesting thing—is like there is so much to do with like genetics. Like I've seen people who are like genetically talented, and they're just faster. And like, like I have friends who are like way too strong, like mm-hmm. for how like big they are. Dude, it's nuts. There, there's yeah. I, there's someone I train with that's just like the example of a prime athlete, and it's just—it's almost like cheating. Yeah, like it's like they're faster, they're stronger than you in every single way possible. Like technique yeah. just goes out the window because they could just do whatever they want. Yeah, and their adrenaline is like through the roof. Yeah, and they turn into like gods. Yeah, dude, it's nuts. Yeah, so the guy I'm fucking very um, jealous of. I it's mostly young actors right now. It's like Tom <laughs> Holland, the guy who's Spider Man. Yeah. Did you watch the new Spider Man? I haven't actually. Really? Yeah. So I, it's a movie I really wanted to go see because like one Spider Spider Man's in my top five all time of uh, superheroes yeah yeah um i mean like i I just haven't had time recently i was gonna go see it with like um a couple friends and then that just fell through but you know what i'm actually really excited what superhero movie well i don't know if you call it superhero movie but the joker film of course i do joaquin phoenix is my favorite actor i'd suck his dick if i met him he lost 52 pounds for that role oh really yeah like they were going into it like he lost 52 pounds like his preparation for this role was nuts like he was reading books by like uh about leave hardy oswald like assassins who like killed presidents and stuff um was watching taxi driver and like the inspiration for his laugh was actually based on a psychological profile of someone who's mentally ill who they can't stop laughing yeah it's actual medical condition the yeah one of the chilling um one of the chilling scenes in the trailer was he was laughing and then his face just turned like immediately went into like he had like this crazy ha 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 and then like his his face just turned into like this miserable like mm-hmm. and I was like Jesus Christ this is gonna be a good movie <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're already saying just how great it is like mm. they they will say that it's gonna offend some people they did say I mean who, I'm what, glad dude yeah what doesn't offend people yeah but <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be honest if it's not offending people it's not good yeah <clears> exactly <throat> so I mean like they did say it's controversial they did say it's going to offend some people mm-hmm. they did say it was going to be dark but a lot of people were just saying it's a masterpiece of a film yeah hell yeah definitely gonna watch that shit yeah. um but yeah back to tom holland and his beautiful fucking first of all isn't he, isn't he like british right he's i probably, think he's british yeah or something and the fucking accent and the guy's like oh our age and he's killing it out there making movies with zendaya who looks like a, a princess uh, that's the, hopefully gonna be my future wife yeah <laughs> um shout out to my girlfriend you're the most beautiful girl in the world um <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's like this kid is so talented. He's in a superhero movie at the age of twenty. He's, he's people are buying action figures of him yeah. at this age, and it's just I fucking it's bullshit, man. What about me, man? What about me? I have all this talent and personality. Nobody fucking cares about. Ah, no, we all care about you. There's yeah. people listening to you right now. Dude. That's right, dude. Our cult. Come on, guys. Everybody listening, we have to fucking come together. <laughs> all right, feed on the rest. <laughs> That's what we do. We got to feed on the rest. Um. But yeah, that's the kind of, these are the kind of people that I'm always just jealous of. I'm like, how the fuck did you know that this is what you were supposed to do? But you know what, dude? I'm going to be the older guy who's, you know, more nuanced. So there's actually, um, and I was really thinking about that recently, and this is a great way to think of it. It's not that you're late. It's just not your time. Oh, true. There are people like Steve Harvey, 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, him, super famous individual yeah. is on everything. The guy who messed up making the announcing the winner of whatever. The yeah. The, he did. It was like Miss America yeah. or something. He didn't get successful until he was 50. That's insane. Yeah. Somewhere around that age, like he was bombing. He was living in a car at one point in his 30s and just couldn't for the life of him get successful. But he just persevered, just kept going yeah. through. And now he's like one of the most successful people in hunting. Yeah. People know about him. People listen to him. He's like a talk show host, basically, yeah. right? Talk- Dude. He did, um, he did, not the prices, right? It's um, Family Feud. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember Family Feud. Feud. Yeah. But um, it's like people like that, dude. Um, the thing is, the people don't hear about the stories of people who've actually failed and failed. Yeah. You know, like, um, everyone gets. That's the thing that I'm terrified of constantly. I'm like, what if I'm the fucking guy who, who doesn't make it? And um. Well, do you know like self fulfilling prophecy? What is that? So it's a psychological term. Um, that if you believe or even think that you will fail, it's going to happen. But okay. if you think it's going to be successful. And this kind of goes back to the fighting thing. Fighters have this mentality where they don't even think about losing. They don't even think they're going to lose. Well, based on that, dude, I am definitely going to fail. <laughs> no, 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 I'm it's kidding. I'm kidding. Just waking up every day and telling. No, of them. course. The fact that I keep doing this, there's like a, a little guy back in my head who's like, dude, once you get famous, it's fucking, I'm ready. I'm ready to become famous. I have it all planned out. People are going to ask me about politics. I'm just going to give opinions that don't even matter. Get on the Joe Rogan podcast. Hell yeah, dude. Then really, your podcast just takes yeah. off after that, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's what everyone does, dude. I actually been listening to a lot of conspiracy theory podcasts because of Joe Rogan. Because uh, uh, the Alex Eddie, Jones one. Yeah, Alex Jones, Eddie Bravo. Dude, that some of the stuff they believe is absolutely nuts. Yeah, but some of the shit they bring up is like... In, they like, have valid points. The baby, the one that he talks about, like the fetus. The chimera. Is, and, or the, chim- the chimera. Not the yeah. chimera bullshit. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I probably is true, but I don't know. <laughs> But the when he was bringing up like the the embryos and selling, I'm like, because I know for a fact there's like a black market out there oh, yeah, for absolutely. um stem cells and people are taking stem cells like it's yeah because it's um it's illegal yeah because and like they actually they, and they did huge huge research studies into this like stem cells heal people a lot yeah of course and I, I'm a bio major so I know it just, yeah. literally it's what it, what it does is whatever that's fucked up they give you like the mm-hmm. those cells that you know when like you you were 12 and you broke your arm and everything's fine yeah. That's what they're giving you is they're giving you that blood that yeah. that uh those uh the, the cells those premature cells that grow up into like a youthful yeah that's why Joe Rogan he's fifty three years old and he's doing all this fucking crazy ass work yeah. or Cameron Haynes the he's like the ultra marathon runner he does two hundred miles oh what yeah you don't know about ultra marathon running it's insane no, well, no I kind of want to hear about this there are these people who literally run like. 200 150 mile races so it's basically marathons but for people who are like out of their fucking minds and these people take steroids there's no, no drug no, testing there's absolutely no way to do that but it's like uh one of the winners was courtney dewalter and she beat the um the second place was seven hours behind her that oh. means she yeah joe rogan jokes about it. he's like you could have slept for six hours ate a cheeseburger and finished the race <laughs> and still be in Just first place right in front of that finish line dude that's nuts yeah and yeah, two hundred mile races is insane. But yeah, like, um, I did my first Spartan race last year. I'm probably gonna do it again this year. Mm-hmm. And that stuff is only like two miles up to like twenty three miles. But like you just do a bunch of like obstacles. Yeah. And that's when it gets hard. It's, it's grueling. Like, yeah. Just to do that, that's brutal. To do like a hundred and fifty mile run. Like, yeah. These people, they need um, like these trekking sticks. 
so that like the pressure on their knees isn't an insane Dude, amount. Blow up my knees. Oh yeah, these people. Yeah. After the races, you look at their feet, and it literally looks like like Shrek. <laughs> fucking took his shoes off, and we're checking him out. And it's all bloody and everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's blistered up to, to the gills. But um, yeah, let's move on to the uh, the next and last segment. Um, manipulation tactics, and generally manipulation tactics tactics is, I give you advice. The advice that you I shouldn't be giving you. Of course. But it's good for your ego, is how I say it. It's like, you know, revenge is not good unless you want to feel fucking good about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So is there anybody in your life, like a work person, somebody you hate, that you want to fucking, you know, ruin them? You know what I mean? I mean, there's... I don't want to... Say names? Name, no, I don't like saying names. Too. I feel like I know a few names, but... Yeah, you could probably name a couple of names off the top of my head. But just like, I don't know. The people who just lie the people who feel that need to lie mm-hmm. to either one cover their asses or two just to manipulate someone into like a bad place or oh, just yeah. control that person oh yeah dude there's liars like um i always talk about it with uh i someone called me a fuck boy once in high college and i was like why are you calling me a fuck boy it's like because no, you're like a big teddy bear yeah yeah <laughs> first of all also when i hooked up with girls i would literally tell them i'm like hey listen this is not going anywhere so before you do anything with me yeah you give them the fair warning yeah, yeah i'm like this is, this is not, and then there are people I, to me a fuck boy is someone who's like yeah you're the best I'll, I'll like you're the one for me tomorrow yeah and then those people who go on to sleep with those girls and those girls are like what the fuck like he broke my heart that guy's a piece of shit yeah but don't call me a fuck boy because i don't do that but yeah those, those are those are the people that you're talking about people who lie to get things their way um so what do you want me to do? We like get get back at these people? I mean, and this was something that I was hearing recently was um, the best success that you can have, or the best revenge that you can have on a person is just to be successful. Yes. Yeah. But. But. Also ruin their reputation. I That's mean, fucking. It's so easy, dude. People who lie, dude. The reason why I fucking. Every time someone asks me something about me that's like upsetting, I just go, I get really sad and I tell them the truth. Yeah. And then that's how I counteract. Like if they're trying to get me to like, it's like, oh yeah, what have you been doing? Like, I'll be like, oh, nothing. Yeah. I'm like totally super sad about it. And it's upsetting me. They can't be like, yeah, I'm one of you guys. Some. They'll feel bad for me. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, there are some people who lie in order to, you know, I think the best way is you just tell people like, Ruin their reputation is going to ruin their their uh, ability to connect with other people because you don't want that happening to other people. Yeah. So let's say like Mike over here who doesn't lie because he's his you know you're too soft baby but it's fine. <laughs> but it's like let's say if Mike lied about something I'll just go like yeah by the way if Mike ever says that uh, this is what he's doing he's fucking full of shit mm-hmm. and just say it confidently because if you're honest everybody will believe what you say you know what I mean. Um. Also just. I don't know. Yeah, just ruin the reputation. I think that's the best. I mean, I think I with one of the people I'm thinking of. Um, no, nobody but you know. Okay. Um, I definitely think I could do that. Yeah, I, do I, it. I, it's just a matter of do I want to sink to that level? And I'm I mean, kind of getting closer to that point every day with this guy. Don't even think about sinking to that level. Think about doing the people around him on uh, a favor. A favor, exactly. Yeah. Like, hey, this person, if we're fucking with them, just be careful. You know what I mean? He yeah. might be foolish. He might just, you know, go back on his word. And I'd never fucking go back on my word. Isn't that right, Mike? Hit it up. How many <laughs> fist bumps are we going to have? But yeah, man. Also, um, I don't know, man. If you, I also like to keep shit a secret. Mm-hmm. That's how I get people to... Um, I haven't uh, 
advertise this podcast heavily just because like I'm waiting for video to come out before mm-hmm. I advertise it heavily. But um, well, have you ever thought of a uh, and just kind of go um, go on? I'm ADDing right now. Have you ever heard thought of like Sling Studio? What the fuck is that? So it's actually something I'm doing with my job right now. <clears throat> it's a um, it's a video studio uh studio cast you can use you can connect it all to an ipad mm-hmm. you can connect um the program to like let's say a video camera or even just like my phone set it up to automatically record and then you can set up a link on like let's say a youtube channel and then you could just send it live whenever you want so you could record this whole thing right now mm-hmm. send it live whenever you want that's not even the issue we have a camera wow. nick has like a fucking super expensive camera but the i'm just waiting for everything to fall into line because we need the space right now we're in a fucking closet hopefully when the mm-hmm. big office space area gets but it's a nice closet though yeah it's, it's a very nice, nice closet. i could stay in here for a while yes uh God bless. shout out to mike again for being super rich um <laughs> but yeah like i i keep my back to like the podcast thing it's like i keep it a secret so that mm-hmm. also secret whenever i'm like secretive about something people just they're like oh what is that what is he doing like what the fuck is going on well i actually heard this um you know Deshaun. Yeah. you're one of your children my children yes yeah he God told me them. about the whole thing i started listening to it a couple and i was just like i want to be a part of this yeah good yeah. of course and deshaun asked to be a part of it and deshaun you will be once you fucking actually come out but um but he's got a hard job right now. of course i yeah. fucking i love my kids i hope they all i hope you guys all become richer than me <laughs> but um that's a good dad right there yeah of course that's how you got to think of it and once they become successful i'll become successful with them yeah. Like you have like that teacher mentality. Oh, hundred percent, dude. Like oh you want the people that you kind of guide, take under your wing, mm-hmm. be more successful for you. And that's like an amazing trait to have. In a oh person. yeah, dude. I tell my friends, I'm like, dude, it's all about us. It's about yeah. us. But I, if any of you guys become successful, I will be so. I'll be bragging about it. I'll be mm-hmm. talking about it to everybody. It's all. About, and this is something that I did. I did this. At, like I gave a speech. At um, this is not. not this is not like a legit speech. This is like a gathering of like friends and stuff. And I was like, Hey guys, I made a million dollars last year. And then their eyes, I'm like, I'm like, I completely lied about that. But in that second that I told you that you guys, I had this power over you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, I want us to give off that vibe. Like that, like it might be like, it's a lie. Well, like go back, going back to people that like, you, you hate people who lie, but it's like a lot of what success is right now are people just lying about what they have. Oh yeah. So fuck it, dude. I'll lie about my friends being super successful, which I still haven't done it yet. But it's like, that's what it is. Media right now is power. Well, your word is more power than the truth. That, that, dude, that's the damn truth right now. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. It, and we it, won't it, get into that too much because it'll probably, yeah. it'll cause a lot of issues. But I mean, like, it's just, we, we live in a <clears throat> society now where it's kind of like the word means more than the truth. Exactly. So, yeah that's what i'm trying to go for it's like guys this is what's going on right now maybe you're gonna have to do it maybe sell yourself and i don't say mate don't lie but be good at describing what you have you know what i mean but yeah um we're at the end of the podcast uh shout out to mike shout out to jake for coming today the big seth um uh shout out to all of my homies uh everybody in the fraternity god bless you thank you for listening uh shout out to the random internet people who listen God bless you the most for not even knowing who I am and supporting me. Uh, do you have any shout outs? Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for letting me be here today. Dude, it was thank a lot you, of fun. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. All right. Uh, God bless to everyone. You can email me at the lost in translation podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I have an Instagram that I'm working on. Please give me some time before I start fucking publicizing that shit. I love everyone. I love you all. Peace out. <laughs>